Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode three of The Dark Side of the Bible. Tonight's story originates from Ephesians 2, 1 through 5, where it reads, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. In tonight's episode, we follow a man who has an intimate encounter with death and realizes that the inside man, if not taken care of, can be a horrific sight to see. You don't want to miss this bone-chilling story, so do me a favor and sit tight and listen close. I laid in bed that evening, letting my mind wander. My eyes were closed and the room was dark. I could hear the crickets chirping just outside my window, almost as if they were trying to put me to sleep. The room was cool and the light from the moon slipped through my window seal. As I began to doze off, my mind was idle. I've always heard the saying that an idle mind is a devil's playground. However, I couldn't relate. My idle mind was the one true place I believed I could just run away and escape from the stress of everyday life. My life wasn't hard, but it wasn't easy either. I was married to a beautiful woman I had met in church. In addition to that, I had an awesome little boy that was a genuine reflection of me. The problem was along with a growing family came more responsibility. And more responsibility meant more bills. I had bills that I couldn't afford along with a dead-end job that could go with them. I worked hard enough not to get fired and got paid just enough not to quit. I felt that me being the head of the household, that I should be the one to provide for my family, but at the end of the day, I couldn't seem to do that either. During the day, I felt so defeated, not having the heart to tell my wife I didn't have enough money to pay the bills. And because misery loves company, I also had to say no to the minimal things my little boy needed as well. Do you know what it's like to say no to shoes and other needs your little boy wants? Yeah. It's tough. The pain can crush a man's spirit. At this point, my mind was no longer idle. It had begun to venture deeper and deeper. My mind had begun to wander in areas that revolved around my beliefs and my faith. I never thought I'd be the kind of person to question these things, but my idle mind had begun to ponder some ideas that I swore I had never entertained. Faith is a big part of my life. I came to believe in God as a youth by picking up on the conversation the adults would have around the table. Later, 
when I grew old enough to make my own decisions, I began going to church out of my own free will. I believed in everything there was to believe in when it came to God. I believed in God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the resurrection, and everything else the Bible had to say. I met my wife at church and made sure our household was founded on the word of God like any good Christian husband would do. We had a little boy and dedicated him to God as soon as we got the chance. The problem is that I did all this in hopes that God would take care of us. But look at me now. I'm on the verge of tears for not being able to provide for my family. I've heard of seasons, but this, this has been going on for far too long. How much more can I take? How much longer will God let me suffer? Deeper and deeper my mind began to wander. Thoughts began to arise in my mind that questioned the very existence of God. As I began to entertain these thoughts, I felt as if my mind was on a runaway train that couldn't be stopped. My mind begun to play episodes of every time I felt betrayed by God, almost, almost as if I was trying to justify the thoughts that I was having. See, I usually hit the brakes and rebuke thoughts like this way before I let it get this out of hand. But that night, it was as if I had just given full rein to the flesh and let it move and roam as it pleased. As I came to the edge of falling asleep into a deep sleep, my mind had concluded from this night forward I would no longer believe in Christ. As I went to bed, I could hear an audible voice clear as day that said, What a beautiful playground. Later that night, around three in the morning, I woke up. I felt strange. Something didn't feel right. For one, I had woken up not in my bed where I fell asleep but on one of the accent chairs I had in the corner of my bedroom. The room was still dark. How did I get here? Was I sleepwalking, I thought? At that moment, I could hear my wife waking up as well. I thought to myself, she is probably gonna be as freaked out as I am and say, why aren't you in bed or something like that. She pulled the covers over her shoulders and rubbed her eyes a bit. She took a deep breath and sat upright. She usually wakes up in the middle of the night to get something to drink, so this didn't prompt me to react in any way. Next, she turned to the side and sat on the edge of the bed for a minute or two. I'm sure she was still really tired. In all of this, she didn't notice me on the chair, which I thought was very strange. She stood to her feet and walked right by me towards the door, but instead of walking straight towards the kitchen, she stopped at the doorway. I assumed she had realized I wasn't in bed. She turned around and looked at the bed for a while. Then she walked towards my side of the bed and what happened next shocked me so much so that I felt the blood in my entire body drain to the floorboards. She pulled the cover from my side of the bed to reveal another man laying there. I was speechless. I couldn't react. 
She then leaned over and kissed him on the forehead and said, I love you. At that point, I stood up in rage and began to yell at the top of my lungs, but I got no reaction. She didn't acknowledge me one bit and it was almost as if she couldn't hear me, hear a thing I was saying, or see me where I stood for that matter as well. I stomped towards my side of the bed where she was to see who it was she was kissing on the forehead. When I saw who was there, I couldn't believe my eyes. It was me. I stood there in silence trying to connect the dots and make sense of what I was seeing. I looked at my wife and noticed she hadn't realized anything was wrong. That is, until she placed her hands on the man's shoulders and started to try and shake him awake. I hadn't realized it yet, but the man that was laying on my side of the bed wasn't breathing. I'm sure my wife had taken notice because she had almost immediately started to panic. She started to yell uncontrollably saying, he isn't breathing, please, God help us. As I looked at her, I started to drown out the yelling with my own thoughts of revelation. I finally began to understand what was happening. The man in the bed is me, and he isn't breathing. Yet, I'm standing right by my wife, and she has yet to notice me. This means that I must be dead. I must have passed away in my sleep. None of this made sense. I looked at my wife as she was mourning over my dead body. I felt crippled by the fact that I would no longer get to hold her and kiss her and tell her how much I loved her. At this point I was weeping. Oh, how I wished I could tell her a thousand times over right then and there how much I loved her, but she couldn't see me, much less hear me. I prayed that she just knew how much I loved her and cared for her. My heart broke as I watched her hug my lifeless body in tears, knowing full well how hard it will be on her own, a single mother. At that point, I realized I had not only left her, but also my little boy who was in the other room. I slowly walked towards the doorway and into the hall. I walked towards his room and arrived at the door. I noticed the floorboards that used to drive me crazy were no longer squeaking the way that they did when I walked over them. I turned my face to the left and my eyes met all of our family photos that hung on the wall before my son's room. What have I left behind? What have I taken for granted, I thought. I then opened the door and saw my son laying in bed. He was peaceful, completely oblivious to what had happened a few rooms down. I walked in slowly and kneeled at his bedside. I leaned over to kiss him on the cheek. I said, I'm sorry. I love you and I'm going to miss you very, very much. At this point, I couldn't stop the tears from rolling down my face. I turned away, got back up on my feet and stepped out the room.
I walked about halfway down the hallway before I stopped in the middle in front of the bathroom. I leaned my back up against the wall in the dark. On one end of the hallway, my son was asleep, while on the other end of the hallway, my wife mourned over my dead body. I struggled to understand the meaning of all this and why this was happening. As I leaned up against the wall in the dark, I got a glimpse of my reflection from the mirror that peeked through the bathroom door in front of me. I crept up towards the door and pushed it open slowly. I took one look at the mirror and my heart began to pound out of my chest. My reflection was horrific. The flesh on my face looked like it had been rotting. The open wounds looked severely infected to the point it was completely black and bloody around them. My eyes were black and sunk into my face. I had no teeth and my hair was singed and patchy. I placed my hands to my face and then noticed the flesh on my hands too were worn and rotted as well. My fingertips had rotted away to the point you could see the bone sticking out the end. I was gripped with fear. I was horrified. As I looked at my horrific reflection, I began to realize what was going on. I wasn't looking at the reflection of my flesh. I was looking at the reflection of my spirit. Although a few hours ago I had just died, I realized my spirit had died months before. It had died with the faith I had in God. It died with everything I believed in the gospel. It wasn't a sudden death, but a slow fade. With that thought occurring in my mind, I heard that very familiar demonic voice once again saying, Hi, my precious. What a wonderful spirit we have joining us this evening. And with that, I blacked out almost immediately. I opened my eyes to find I was laying in the bed I was before. I sat up quickly and turned on the lamp that was on the nightstand to the right. I was sweating and my heart was pounding. I ran to the mirror and saw myself in the flesh without the horrific, morbid appearance I had described before. Normal eyes, face, hair. Then after realizing I wasn't the monster I had seen before, I ran to my wife that was still lying in bed and began to shake her awake. She woke up almost immediately, completely bewildered at the fact that I had woken her up the way I did. What's wrong, she said. Her response was the only thing I needed to hear to confirm my reality. It was all a nightmare, but not just any nightmare. It was a testament of God's grace and a first-hand look at how although an outside man may look fine, the inside man might look horrific without the grace of God. Next, I kissed her on the forehead and I told her I loved her a thousand times. She was still in shock, not understanding what was going on. 
Lastly, I jumped to my feet and I ran to my little boy's room and picked him up carefully to not wake him up and gave him a huge hug. While my son rested on my shoulder, I paced the room in prayer. I repented for actions and thoughts I had begun to entertain. I asked for his forgiveness and I could feel deep in my heart that he had granted it to me. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have for tonight's episode of The Dark Side of the Bible. Remember to check in every Monday as we release a new episode on a weekly basis. In addition to that, feel free to use this podcast as one of your newest outreaching tools and send it to family and friends who you believe may need it. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you on the next one.